Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with UK jazz bassist Nick Blocka of the modern band Go-Go Penguin. They just released a new EP, 2019's Ocean and a Drop, Music for Film. And the band came together in 2012, and they all had rich musical backgrounds. Their first album, 2014's V2.0, was a Mercury Prize album of the year. In 2015, they were signed to Blue Note Records, and today they are rocketing through the jazz stratosphere. Joining Nick is Chris Ellingsworth on piano and Rob Turner on the drums, creating a unique sound that is acoustica electronica, drawing on rock, jazz, minimalism, computer game soundtracks, and glitchy electronica to create their overall vibe. And in case you were wondering about the name, this is how it came about. A few of the guys got drunk at a Rag Week auction, and Pete picked up a weird-looking stuffed animal that was a penguin. His girlfriend was terrified of it and wouldn't have it in the house, so Grant put it in his house. After they got their first gig at the Sandbar in Manchester, they desperately needed a name, so they started throwing ideas about, and the penguin telepathically gave them the solution. Penguin, then Go Penguin, and eventually Go Go Penguin. <laughs> so please get to know this band, Nick, and dig this interview, my friends. Hey, Nick, this is an immense pleasure and honor to speak with you on behalf of GoGo Penguin. Thank you for taking some time out today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Good to talk to you, too. Right on. So let's go ahead and start off with your latest album, Ocean and Drop. And I want to know, what is the vision? What, what, what is the vision for this new album for you guys? It's actually an EP, so it's five tracks rather than a, an album. But um, the music comes from, we did um, a score for a, a movie called Koyana Skatsi, which is already, it was released in 1981, I think, and it has a score of its own, an original score by Philip Glass. We ended up doing a rescore for a project in Manchester where we performed live with the, the movie itself. And so these tracks are taken from ideas that we had for that movie score, but adapted um we we just decided to record the, the ones that sort of stood up on their own without the the images so you guys come together you're manchester based in 2012 how did you all come together with this band how did it happen well we've all played together for a number of years before go go penguin but it, this was the first time the three of us ever played together and it, it kind of worked so i used to be in a a different trio uh, with Chris, the piano player. So it was a Chris Illingworth trio, and it was me, him, and a different drummer. I've known Rob, the drummer, for countless years now, and we've done um, so many bands together that we've played a lot together. And then it was actually Chris and Rob that got together at the beginning of Go Go Penguin with a different bass player, and that was the original lineup. And let's just say it didn't work out, so those guys um, asked me to to come on board and then we've, we've been you know going forwards ever since really but we, we all just met on the manchester music scene playing in different bands as you do you know trying to pick up gigs and whatever and then when when we got together it just kind of it all worked and we thought this is it now in 2014 version 2.0 was named the mercury prize album of the year then you get signed to blue note you guys have just been on this explosive track of of being one of the top bands in the world of, of jazz for so long. Has this success been surprising? Did you expect it? How are you guys dealing with the fact that you're one of the biggest acts in jazz today? <laughs> um, 
I still don't really recognise that as a, a, a thing, but if, if you say we are, then, then that's cool. Yeah, I guess it is surprising, because especially a band from Manchester in the north of England, sort of, you know, coming out to like places like the US, it's still quite a big thing for us to that people actually know who we are and, you know, care about what we're doing and stuff. It, it, it's, it was a surprise. I mean, we when we got the band together and we made B2.0, and we knew that we were doing something that we were all proud of and that we liked the music, and we kind of hoped other people would get on board. Um, unfortunately, the reader did, but um, I don't think we real we thought it'd get to this point. There's been a few sort of little markers of, of things that's happened along the way where you think, "Wow, I didn't think we'd do this," like playing at the Royal Albert Hall or something like that, for example. It's just like, "Wow." things are going well you know the one thing that, that i've always noticed about you uk cats is that you 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 were always so good at pushing the proverbial sound on book it's almost like you've gone into this you bled into this genre of electronica you have jazz elements you have such a unique sound and i hear this from you uk cats so much what is it about your environment, your country, where you come from. I mean, I think of the Beatles, I think of Bowie. I think about so many exports that come from the UK. And you guys continue to come up with such fresh, innovative, like genre-pushing vibes with what you give us, especially with what we hear in America. How does this happen? Are you cognizant of this being kind of something that's real? I mean, how do you process that? Well, in Manchester particularly, where we're all based, it's never really been a big issue. You just sort of, whatever you're into, there's such a melting pot of styles within that city. And I think it's most famous sort of internationally for like a lot of the guitar bands, you know, bands like Oasis or, you know, Joy Division or whatever. But there's there's so much going on there and so many different styles. And, and within the city, everybody it's not too big that people know each other in the music scene so you know we've got friends who are in bands that are totally different to us but we you know respect them and they're they're our friends they're our peers you know and they might be making electronica or folk or hip-hop or whatever and we've all been involved in i don't think we all came from maybe a traditional jazz background when we were kids. I, I was I started playing, listening to like indie rock, and then sort of got into funk and hip hop, and then found my way into jazz. So it's just a, a a case of taking all the things that you like and different sounds that inspire you, and, and why can't you put them together? You know, if you, if that's what you like, why can't you make it a thing rather than just being like I'm a jazz musician, I'm going to try and you know play like Miles Davis and nothing else or, or whoever, you know, it's just like, why can't we take this beat that we like from this electronic tune and, and put it into this with this classical piano? It kind of works. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if I can come up with a dream sound, because I love obviously having my, my jazz show, I love electronic music. I, I just love the amalgamation of what you're doing. My question to you is this. When I think about jazz and I talk to a lot of, jazz musicians and everyone's happy everyone's cool with what they're doing no matter how much money they make or whatever they're doing but there's still this kind of undercurrent of you know people aren't coming out as much as they should units aren't selling enough but when i look at you guys and what you've done and the way you've blended sounds and the way you are and how successful you are 
do you ever see you got your your band and what you guys are doing is kind of the future of where jazz can go so that musicians can get what they should be getting as artists i haven't really thought about it we we haven't really had a lot of time to think about many things about the way the band is perceived you know like we we started doing it and then like you say it's kind of blown up from there but um it's difficult to know exactly what other people think about what we're doing but um was your question kind of like bringing in an accessibility or or just yeah. tell me what you were meaning again yeah i'm sorry i kind of mashed up a lot of things and i guess what i'm thinking about is just the future and the sound of jazz i guess i should rephrase it like this how do you see the health of jazz okay. in 2019 do you, do you see it as a healthy organism yeah definitely at the moment i mean this quite a lot of crossover things going on you know like ourselves and you know a lot of other bands especially in the UK so they seem to be getting quite a lot of attention and I think it's a good thing you know especially for younger listeners they kind of often need a way into to jazz it's quite rare for people to just sort of you know grow up listening to you know whatever Duke Ellington or something it, I mean even for me I kind of like I said earlier I found my way into like jazz through a lot of the samples in hip-hop or funk music or, you know, electronic or crossover stuff. And then I wanted to know more about the original source and, and then kind of went there. And so if we do that to some, somebody younger, then I think it's a good thing because then the, it opens up a world that maybe they don't know about. What was one of the first jazz shows that you saw that really motivated you and blew your doors down? Uh, that's a good question. One of my sort of big inspirations where I didn't know too much about jazz and it came from teachers that I had. You know, like I I had bass teachers when I was like 16 and they played the upright and they, you know, like were inspiring to me about what they did. So we were seeing a lot of local bands and just getting to hear these sounds. Um, one of the first ones I saw, I remember I saw the bass player Avishai Cohen play in the north of England in a cricket club and uh, and that was really inspirational to me because he was yeah he had like Mark Giuliano on drums and I just thought this is incredible so yeah maybe that yeah absolutely he is incredible so if you could get into a time machine and you could fly to America during the heyday of jazz and get dropped off and see a show who would you want to see <laughs> wow, there's so many, really. I mean, as a bass player, I want to say like Mingus or Oscar Pettiford, but I don't know. I, I think seeing like Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie in in their heyday in in those clubs in New York or or wherever would probably be pretty sensational. You guys, Go Go Penguin comes to Kansas City. You have to write up, or you have to like explain to somebody prior to the show like what 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 would a, a listener get from one of your shows what would what would the experience of go go penguin be like for them that would make them want to come and see you how would you describe that just music really just there's no don't come with any expectations of anything don't come thinking oh it's going to be a jazz show or it's going to be this kind of a show just come and listen and try and base the music on the sounds and whether you get any emotion from it and that's what we're trying to do so you know as long as it makes you feel something even if you hate it you know that's kind of better than just being like lukewarm to it you know like obviously we want people to like it but you know just 
just come and, and try be open minded and try and listen and and get some emotional content from me. So this is my final question. Everyone has a perception of you as a band. I've already described what my perception is. Your family, your friends, everyone has this idea of who they think you are, but you guys know who you are. That minute before you go on stage, when you guys meet and practice, when you record an album, who is Go Go Penguin? What's your perception of who you are as a band? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough question. We're just three individuals, three very different people trying to make this one sound together. And as long as we like it and we're sort of happy about what we're doing, that's the most important thing. Just trying to be ourselves, but within the context of this slightly larger thing, which is the group. Sorry, I know that's not a very good answer, but it's a, it's a difficult question. No, it is. It is, and that's a great answer. And I just want to piggyback one more thing off of that. Since 2012, you guys have, have done so many wonderful albums. You've had a meteoric rise. What do you guys see your future as? Do you see you guys just continuing doing what you're doing? Are there things that are on the horizon? How do you guys see your evolution or your growth as a band as the future expands forward? Yeah, we want to keep doing what we're doing, really. It's great making albums and to keep touring and seeing places. We've just recorded the next album. So like literally two weeks ago, we finished doing that. And that's going to be out sometime next year, probably spring. I don't know when exactly. We feel like it's a step forward for us, and we're, we're all really happy with what we've done. So we're just trying to keep improving or keep developing in, in the way that, that we see as the, the right way. And, you know, if other projects come up, I think this, the guys in the band are pretty keen to maybe see if anything comes up like a movie score or something but it's not something that we're hinging all our hopes on it's like we, we like being in this band and we like making albums and, and touring around the world so as long as that can continue I think we're all very happy well I can tell you right now as fans and radio hosts we are exceedingly happy and always looking forward to what you put out Nick thank you for the music thank you for your time today it's been it's been a gift and I say it's been a gift because it just so happens I rarely do interviews on the weekend. Today is my birthday, so I think you've probably given me one of the best gifts you could have given me to have an opportunity to talk to you and kind of figure out how GoGo Penguin does what they do. Oh, well, thank you, and happy birthday. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest groups and cats in the United Kingdom, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Nick on behalf of GoGo Penguin for his time, music, and stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.